Welcome to another episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. This is actually the eighth episode. I think I messed up last week. So, so far, basically, this this podcast takes place of the Ask and You Shall Receive Answers videos. Um, I take your questions, and I usually have a guest. So, so far, I've had I've had Brian Bucciolato. I've had um, Dennis Claro, Scott Snyder, Dan Slott, um, Kyle Higgins, Matt Fraction. And this week, you guys ready? There's been a lot of demand for this. We have Matt, inferior, inferior ego, Elfring. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? That's that, <laughs> I've never been like great writer, great writer. Like, these amazing people in the DC, uh, Marvel, just everywhere, and and then like, hey, this dude that's been writing for us for like four years, like, hey, all right. <laughs> no, see, we keep keeping it up. Everyone's like, he's like, oh, he gets a great people every week so yeah so finally we're getting you back because i think you've only done like one podcast with us i've done i think it's been three one of them i had to go pay my electrical bill so i had to leave early uh one of them i was sick and i think i left to go puke and the other one i was just quiet the entire time yeah see that that's that's my problem why that's that's the main reason why i started doing podcasts or the skypes on on this podcast because i think when you have even when you have just two other people when you have two or three people in the studio, in the room, and one yeah. person on Skype, it's it's hard for that person to jump in. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's you don't know when to actually make your point, and if you wait too long, you're already on the next topic, and that point is invalid at that and point. What what I've noticed with um Skype that it, it's I think my audio kind of cuts your audio off. Like if you start talking, or if you're talking and I start talking, it kind of cuts you out. I don't know how that comes up on the on the, the finished version but so that's that's the other thing it's like it's it's you you have to cut people off and that's just you know how the podcast conversations go so yeah we we have that problem on the the podcast that i do because we all use skype and i'm only mine gets cut off the two other guys never get cut off so when someone else starts talking i fade away into non-existence well, you can plug what that one is so people can oh yeah hey uh, barelywatchable.com is our website, and the, the podcast that we do is called uh, Matt and Lewis versus the Internet. It's a show where we talk about Internet subculture and make fun of it and giggle and have fun with everyone. And we never do that here. Don't make fun of anything. We're, we're changing everything. Today's going to be fun. Although I do have to say, on the, when, when Kyle Higgins was in, and then Sarah, because we were in the studio, so Sarah was here. Uh-huh. And then I was like, you know, blah, 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 like this. I was like, and with me is Sarah. And, and Kyle's like, that's your big guest. <laughs> so he started like, like kind of going into it. But so that was fun. So um, this is going up because we, we always record these out of order or I record them out of order. So I always tell people. So for those celebrating Christmas, it's not everyone. Say Merry Christmas. Because that was this, you said this is the going up the twenty sixth, right? The twenty fifth, twenty sixth. I usually they I, I kind of sneak them up like the Tuesday night, like yeah. when it's like when after it's usually nine o'clock our time, like around nine p.m. Um, Pacific, which is mm-hmm. you know midnight Eastern. 
Yeah. So I kind of sneak them up around that time. So if anyone's up late, they can have it, have it ready for their Wednesday mornings when they have to go to the comic store. Well, well, to everybody listening on the 26th, uh, especially my, my Canadian and uh, British friends, happy Boxing Day. Yeah. And we have, right. what else we have? We have Happy Hanukkah to, every, to those. We have um, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy, happy Holidays. All-encompassing all holiday happiness to you. And happy birthday, Jesus. That, too. <laughs> and uh, anybody whose birthday is on the 25th or 26th. Yeah. Um, so, what do you want to, is there anything particular you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about r- ratings? Yeah, should we, 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 we should do that. Because we, there, there's a, a lot of discussion. People... People and and we've kind of brought this up on the other podcast, but in case people listening here, and since I have you here, you know you can throw in your two cents. Yeah. So a lot of Comic Vine's reviews are fours and fives. So mm-hmm. the way it works is we all basically review the books that we like, and I I kind of I guess some of the blame can kind of fall on me because I I kind of decide what ones like what's the pool what, you know what what are we going to choose from, and then I'll go hey Matt. How does this list look? And I go, hey, Sarah, how's this look? Hey, Greg. And because I know what you guys like and I know what you guys have yeah. been reading because, like, I'm not going to have you read, um, you know, some book that, you know, you've, you've never read an issue before because there, there's an advantage to that. Like, if, if you know, you're a first-time reader, you know, giving your, your input, but, it, you yeah. know, obviously you want to have a connection. Um, I mean, sometimes we'll, you'll throw a book at us or I'll see a book that's coming out like of a new series or something that I've been interested in to jump in on. Um, the problem with doing that is, especially if it's an ongoing series, you're going to either get a bit of hate from the forums, uh, just because you've never read it before and you're trying to, you're coming in with a new reader mindset. You want to know, you know, is this a book that anybody can jump in on? And a lot of times when you're it, you're confused, you don't know what's going on. And then <laughs> sometimes people in the comment section get a little mean about it. It's like, well, any book can be someone's first book. Exactly. So a way to look at it. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, when we first started doing actually like weekly reviews, um, I think about three years ago, two years ago, um, we were we were just randomly picking books, and there is nothing like that makes you more depressed than you pick five random books or how many ever books you're reviewing, and they're all terrible. Like it's so hard to write. Uh, it's not only really hard to write reviews about books that stink because like I I feel bad because I mean someone has put a lot of work into this even though the book stinks or whatever, but to me there's nothing harder than actually writing a book you that's right down the middle something that you don't have a strong opinion for or against like the book's okay it has flaws but uh and so going through a whole day of writing stuff like that will kill you like mm-hmm. i just i can't do it i'd rather write about stuff i love i'd rather read books that i have you know i'm interested in even if it's my little pony which i had no interest in but like i don't know it's i we gotta because we're all writing so much you gotta keep you got to keep it fun. You got to keep it interesting, and there's nothing less fun or interesting than reviewing reviewing stuff you have no interest in to begin with. Yeah, it was also um, the, the way it would be. I'd, I'd, I'd throw out like a, a list of like like 15 comics, and, yeah. and it was like a race where you guys. It's it's like whoever responded to the email first got to pick the books they wanted. So it was it was you and Demers that, yeah. that was doing Demers, it. Demers or Demers? Demers? I don't know how he said Demers. I don't know. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, so we we it'd be like a race to see who can pick what books they want first, 
and uh, Matt, you know, works from home. I work at a college, so like I'd be like staring at my computer while trying to help students to see when that review list came out. Uh, that that kind of stunk. That it was fun, like when Matt and I would fight over books because we're 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 friends, so like we'd have a good time with it. But uh, I think what you're doing now with just like this is what the stuff you guys like to read. Here's the kind of genres you like to read. Like, does this look good? Like, that works for me every week. I'm, it's getting better and better. Yeah, because like you know, I I, I would kind of always go to Sarah first. You know, ladies yeah. first and all that. And you know, it's like you know, she was loving um, Rick Remender's on Canny Export. So it's like, okay, oh yeah, you know yeah. that that's yours. She she was she was digging um like Hickman's Fantastic Four. And even though I started reviewing it like when he first came on. And yeah. then, you know, it's, so I was like, okay, you, you can have that. You, you can do that one. And then she liked FF, you can do that. So there, I guess there's, there's, there's kind of a, I don't know if, if it's good or bad to have the same person reviewed the same books all the time. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you kind of become an expert on that title. So then yeah. if the quality kind of slips or, you know, if there's a different artist or even, you know, a different writer, you're kind of like the expert on it. But yeah. on the other hand, you can kind of maybe be too harsh if, you know, you have too high expectations. I, that's that happened to me. Uh, I've been I've been harsh on a few books. I don't want to mention anything in particular because it's water under the bridge. Um, but I was pretty harsh on one book because the quality to me slipped hardcore, mm-hmm. and uh, I took a little a little yelling at on Twitter for that from the creators. Um, which yeah, I mean it, it happens. But like with like, and I review I review I take this back to reviewing the same books every month. Uh, I re- I review Saga. Every month except for the first month, which you reviewed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to me, like if the book slipped, would I notice because I'm such a huge fan of it? And personally, I'd like to think, you know, I, I will notice if, if books, you know, are getting worse or, or better, depending, even if I'm a huge fanboy of it. Like I, for a while, I was reviewing Amazing Spider-Man. I can definitely tell when I didn't like something personally. I can put the fanboyness aside for that. Uh, but that's a book that you and I pass back and forth every few months just so to keep ourselves fresh reviewing. Yeah. I yeah, um, I mean, the only book I really claim is is Batman. Yeah, and yeah. whether you know, I guess that's that's my my entitlement. That I can be selfish, with, yeah. you know, since <laughs> since I'm running the site. But I mean, pretty much everything else. It's because like like Sarah gets a lot of good stuff. Like Wolverine, the X Men, you know. Although that's kind of slipped, you know, occasionally. You know, she does Daredevil, so it's uh, you know, and and like like even Green Lantern, you know, that that's one that I kind of um, kept to myself for a while. But you know, I I've let you. I've let you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, glorious Tony. <laughs> yeah, but but then there's other times it's 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 kind of like like it's like oh Justice League and and it's like it's like no one wants it. Okay, I'll I'll do it. Yeah, you know, I, I want to do it. And so, but yeah, yeah I Aquaman and Saga are my two. Like I have to read those. Like and I have to talk about them because I just I love what these series are doing. Um, but I'm really uh, as I guess a lot of people that read the reviews might notice I do a lot more image and independent stuff uh i i'm always really there to like to push independent stuff because i think some of the independent stuff is is just as good if not better than marvel and dc stuff mm-hmm. and it personally like you guys like check it out like clone is uh one that i reviewed last week by this i think by this time it goes up two weeks ago sorry um that's a book that's phenomenal and like i wish more people knew about that and yeah or like like harvest Harvest was oh that was a uh, weird weird book. I mean, it was AJ Lieberman who you know I I loved um, Cowboy Ninja Viking and then he yeah. did he did um oh crap he he did this other one um 
It was about this dude that was like going to get killed by like the mob. So he p- puts out like this this contract, on, you know, like a life insurance policy on himself, so it can go oh. to his like kid who you know he doesn't even know because he was like a deadbeat dad and and all this. And that that, that was a good story. I, I'm totally blanking on the name, but like like that's one. Um, I was I was happy to let you do it, part because you know I, I've I've talked to to AJ you know a lot and. I, there's there's times where it's like you know I don't know if I'm going to be too too biased where you know I, I I'm a fan of of the work of the writing yeah that you know and so so even like when when it comes to like Scott Snyder you know people know that you know I I, I mean everyone loves his writing yeah so um but it's like Batman issue 15 you know I one of one of the critiques I gave it was um the, the way Greg Capullo drew a scene where they're all like in their civilian guys. You know, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it, it, it the way it looked is that Barbara and and Tim were the same height. And, yeah. And then a couple pages later, they're in, in the cave in costume, and she's clearly like over a foot taller than him. And and yeah, she's got high heel boots on. But I was I, I stared at it. And I was looking. It's like, is that enough? You know, to to make the difference. He actually. Um. I don't. I. I hope I wasn't the only one that commented on that because I saw on Twitter. Um. Greg commented was like, and for those talking about the height thing. He's like it's it's perspective, you know. But it's like I I don't don't think there really was. You know, they looked it, like they were standing right next to each other in both scenes. Because I remember that very specifically. Yeah, because right. after I read your review, I kind of went back and looked at it. I mean, they're on the other side of of, of a bed. They're just standing there. But and then someone said like, oh, like, oh if that's the only that's all your, your that's like your nitpicking. That's like it's like yeah, because you know that that's the thing. It's like if if you say you know if I keep saying I love this, I love this because and you know with with the issues. They're fun and they're they're great and so it's it's like sometimes you know you you try to look for something bad to put in the yeah. bad section so yeah because it does get like <laughs> again when I read saga sometimes I'm just so blown away on occasion under the bad section be like nothing was wrong with this it was perfect and like I feel like that's such a cop out because within within any piece of of literature right you know uh comic a movie you can you can love the overall thing but there's still things you're going to be able to find that you don't like and and the same goes vice versa i could pick up a comic that i think is the worst piece of junk ever ever put together uh i'm sure i could find things and elements that i like out of that story um so sometimes i feel that putting nothing in the bad section for me is just like come on dude like use your critical mind and stop being like such a wuss about it um so occasionally you'll see me write like, oh, nothing was bad. But most of the time I'll find something just to kind of, you know, show that I'm not being just so fanboyish about it. Yeah. And I mean, even if it's a five, I mean, there there could still be something that, you know, kind of bothers you. Or it's- I gave something a five two weeks ago. I can't remember. And then there was the, the bad section actually had a nice little chunk in there about how I was just confused or angry about something but it was still a, a phenomenal book i can't remember yeah but. and and i mean the important thing is you know, people need to actually read what we write and not just look at the stars yeah so i mean it's, there are times i wish we could we could do away with the stars and then there's other times i wish we had the half stars so oh i wish we had half stars so bad because there are so many but ultimate comics x-men 20 uh which i reviewed two weeks ago i loved i had a i had a a problem with there being way too much in the book or whatever, but like that was a 4.5. Like that, that needed to be a 4.5. I couldn't give it a five and, and be, and put it, giving it a four just felt so wrong to me, but I need a happy medium there. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's just a matter of defining what, 
you know, what would what's the difference then between a, a four point five and a four? You know, it's 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 a matter of, of putting that into words. So you know, yeah. you can say a five because what people need to realize when we say something is a five, we're not saying it's the greatest comic ever produced in the entire history of anything. Yeah. We're just saying that this was a, was a great book. It was fun. It had you know really good art. You know whatever the case was. So you know you just have to look at it like that. We're not, we're not saying it. It's you know everyone says like Watchmen's you know the best comic. So if we give something a five, you're not saying it. It's it should be put on the shelf next to Watchmen as the best thing ever. It's just it's that moment in time of us reading the book saying like, you know, how much did we enjoy this? What were the things that we loved about it? It's not a compare, a contrast thing. Although maybe sometimes when I'm talking about a book from a certain company, I'll say, well, this book's better than that book. Usually, it's out of indie, independent companies. Though. But yeah, it's just that moment in time. Like, how do we feel about that book right then? I'm, I'm not trying to think about other books at that time. Just that one singular book. Was it awesome? Did I want to high-five someone after reading it, or did I want to rip it up and throw it in the trash? Yeah, and I mean, and the main thing is, you know, if, if you're having fun, if you're enjoying it, and that, that's, that's what's important. Look at that. Nice little lesson. Yeah. And we, people are probably like, oh my goodness, you spent like 15 minutes talking about reviews, but we're talking about comics. This, it's about comic books. I mean, it, it's something that constantly comes up that I see people get mad that we're not giving out ones and twos and it's like i don't want to be that reviewer on the net who's I, i'm already a little cynical but i don't want to be like that guy that's just pissed and just doing reviews because like everything's the worst nothing again compares to watchmen like why why should reading comics be like that why can't it be fun why can't you have fun reading yeah you might not like something but can you have fun doing this and, and the other thing is I mean, there there is something to be said that you know, if if something is a two or is a one, you know, it it should be pointed out. You know, this this is really bad. But yeah. you know, also what people need to realize is, you know, we're we're limited on time. You know, even trying to do five reviews, and you know, I I try to do more. Um, I usually, you know, sometimes I'll, I'm able to to get a couple done on the the ferry on my way home. Uh-huh. And there's there's been times where I start reading a comic and I'm just like. I'm just not feeling this. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm just going to stop here and then do something else that I know, you know, people are going to want to see. Yeah. So, you know, people That's just, it. go ahead. I was going to say people, people just need to, you know, take that into consideration. And also, I mean, if we absolutely love something, hopefully we're getting that point across that, you yeah. know, we might say, yeah, I, I'm a huge Batman fan. I'm, I'm really digging this, this arc. So yeah, of course I'm going to love this, but you know, as long as you're, clear why so people don't have to agree with us they just need to look at what we pointed out and say okay you know matt really likes aquaman so you know of course he's gonna you know love this i <laughs> i i like aquaman so I'll, I'll you know i can tone it down a little so i think they get to know I, us and know, know what we like and don't like i can't turn off my aquaman like fanboyism like ever since uh what was it will pfeiffer's run a few years back sub diego like i've just been like aquaman crazy. even i think it was was it peter david that did lady in the water i think so where he gets the water hand stuff that's oh man like ever since then i've just been a huge fan of aquaman and my friends are so mean like we need to do the talks to fish so i really <laughs> felt for <laughs> the voo 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 <laughs> so i feel for the character and like since johns took over i'm just like i just want to shout from the mountaintops my love for that character in orange and green did you see the um, robot chicken dc special i might have purchased it i don't know it just was um it was like about a month ago or so i think i think i i don't know if it, you can purchase it yet 
I, I think I saw it. I can never remember what I watch anymore. Because poor Aquaman, he he really got a, a lot of flack. Still does. <laughs> now, now, what happens if Jeff Johns leaves Aquaman? I don't know. Um, could, could, I don't want that to happen. I really don't. Because like, I, I feel like he's going to take this character the same place he took Hal Jordan when he returned with Rebirth and all that. Like, Green Lantern became, like, one of the biggest books at DC, and I'm hoping that he's doing that. He is doing that with Aquaman. I just don't want him to leave. Please stay. Why am I pleading to no one? <laughs> Maybe he's listening. Maybe. Hi, Jeff. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, that's been a rumor, I think, right? Haven't people been... That's been a rumor for about, like, two, two months now. Yeah. So, because, I mean, the way we have to look at it, he, he's doing Justice League. He's, yeah. he's doing... He's got Justice League of America... And then he's got Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and then he has Aquaman. Is there anything else, or, or is, are those the only ones? I think that's it. And then he has um, uh, he's he's gonna. I'm gonna be working on Batman Earth One Volume Two, but you know that he can, you know, do at a different rate. Whatever you know, whenever. Yeah, it doesn't need to be pounded out every month. And then he's got the backup stories. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if Shazam. Because I think it's a cover for 15 that comes out today, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the, um, the Throne of Atlantis story comes out. It starts today. Today. Um, so I, I think the, the cover shows Shazam. I mean, it almost looks like it's like not – I don't want to say generic, but it's like a generic Justice League you know, cover where it's just all them like jumping out at you. And Shazam was under it. And I don't know if it's because it, it, there's a backup or if he's actually – I can't see him joining – the way the backups have been going unless that's taking place at a different time. He is quite a jerk. <laughs> I've been, I've dropped off with justice league in the past uh, few months. I'm going to pick up for throne of Atlantis, obviously, but uh, those backups, man, they, I hate Billy Batson and Shazam, but I, well, have, I you, have you seen him actually turn into Shazam yet? I think, um, I, don't know if you God, read. I leave off. I can't remember where I left off. So I, I mean, got, I got dis- disappointed with the story and just kind of. I, I I like it. I mean, it's I absolutely love the Jeff Smith, um, Shazam and the the Monster Society of Evil or something like that. Yeah, he, he did the, the four shoe prestige format. I mean, I I even bought it in hardcover because I just loved it so much. And with with that, you you get the really innocent Billy Batson feel, and you know you know he's living on the streets. He's this kid, and so I, I'm. As much as I love that, I love the character. I'm I'm okay with, you know, Jeff, kind of making him, you know, kind of kind of a jerk, and you know, yeah. you know more more streetwise, street tough, or whatever. Because it's, I guess it's going to be really interesting to see how that works. You know, because here you have this kid who kind of has a chip on his shoulder, and then he, you know he's going to have all his power. But although now yeah. it kind of sounds like like um Superior by Mark Miller. Yeah, I well for me. Shazam has and Billy Batson. It's always been like this Boy Scout kid, like innocence and just like, and then he has all that power. I don't. I just he has that wonderment, and I just I don't like the the attitude for me. Like I can see why people like it. That's it's just I the character changes, and I'm not interested in that too much with his personality change. But would would the the Boy Scout innocent sell today? No, not at all. So. Maybe just like is. just like we learned, war comics don't sell, no matter how much I like them. Yeah, you didn't like them enough. You, you only gave them five. I, I, I bought a copy of every issue, <laughs> and you reviewed every. I was like, okay, GI Combat. I was like, 
We'll get a few views on the, re- on the reviews, but <laughs> we, we got to do our part. We got to try. I'm constantly harassing like Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray on Twitter, like unknown soldier. <laughs> That's the other thing people need to think about. It's like we don't review everything. You know, we we we, we re- I'm going back to the reviews. <laughs> we yeah. review books that you know we know people want to review, but then we do, like you said, um, the um the indie stuff and you know i i try to do like an an image book or two when i can yeah um, like you know yeah so and you know it, it it's always a bummer when you see it's like wow you know there's only like a few hundred views or you know it's not even a thousand views on that one and one comment maybe <laughs> so it's just like and and you know people complain it's like oh you only review marvel and dc but it's like when we do the other stuff no one's checking it out yeah so i think it's getting slowly Better because when I first started doing, I when I when I started shifting my focus towards indie stuff, I think it was like a year and a half ago, maybe last year, um, and no one was reading the stuff. And and now with myself doing the indie stuff, and now that uh, Greg is doing a lot more indie stuff, I think it's getting better. Um, there's just there's so much more out there than Marvel and DC. And while I love Marvel and DC, like there's this whole other world of great comics that. I wish people could embrace too. Just because they're not superheroes doesn't mean it's not awesome. Yeah, and Valiant's been you know cranking it out. I if I, if Valiant was a, a physical thing, I would hug it. Mm. That's it. That's all I got. I love Valiant books. And I mean they they got you know some some they got good writers too. So I mean people need to check them out. I'll admit Gen- I don't read all of them, and it's just a matter of time. But it's it's like I reviewed the first issue of Exo Man of War. Oh, book's so good. And and I was, I was like, yeah, I remember this character before. I never read it. And I, I know I, I, I read some Bloodshot comics. Um, I'm I'm half and half like Bloodshot. Uh, Greg loves it. I'm just okay with it. I, I dropped off of reading it. Harbinger, I think, is really good. And I've just got to sit and read like the past five issues. But Exo Manowar and uh, Archer and Armstrong are just... They're, they're some of my top like they're both of my top ten books right now. Hmm. Very interesting. Interesting indeed. Um, let's let's take some questions. Okay, questions from the no, not studio audience. So, <laughs> um, this is from Bat Lantern Twelve. So he says, "Hey, I'm fairly new to comics, but I've been loving Scott Snyder's Batman and Detective Comics and Jeff Johns' work on Green Lantern and Aquaman. What DC trades would you recommend?" I mean, so hopefully, if, if I mean, if they like Scott Snyder, they should have read um, Black Mirror. I mean, he, yeah, he, he, definitely. Black Lantern mentioned, um, or Bat Lantern mentioned, Detective Comics. Um, other Batman runs. I mean, I I loved um, the Black Glove with the the international the all the bat, the Batman of all nations. So kind of the almost the introduction to Batman Inc. Like yeah, the precursor to that. I should yeah. Say. So you got that, and you know, of course, R.A.P. Um, Batman and Son, where you, you know you see Damien's introduction. I mean, those are all good. Um, if if you read R.A.P., I definitely recommend the the Black Case file, Black Case book file. Yeah, you ever read because that that reprints like all the like the golden the Silver Age books, like where you know a lot of these pieces came from. That you know were, that's, what Grant that's where you get the uh, the Zuran Ah stuff too. That mm-hmm. one issue from the fifties or sixties. Yeah, where he goes to Planet X or something like that, or Dimension yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, there's weird stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of other, I mean, then, you know, you got Dark Knight Returns, you know, um, what else? 
I'd go Gates of Gotham, actually. I oh, really yeah, 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 Gates yeah. Gates of Gotham. All-Star Batman and Robin? No, just kidding. Uh, not so much. <laughs> you know, I don't think I ever read the last issue of that. That's, uh, yeah, it looks pretty. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, and as far as, uh, you see, Jeff John, so the, the Green Lantern, like Sinestro Corps War, um, Rebirth, uh, Secret Origins, so all of those. I'd oh. read that whole that whole run up until about issue, like 25 is when Sinestro Corps ends. So I just, I'd go 1 through 25 and read all that. Rebirth first, obviously. Um, there's a lot of great setup and... What I, what I loved about that, the, uh, everything leading up to the Sinestrical War, is that uh, Jeff Johns is putting these hints everywhere that that even lead up to like Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. So like, oh man, like I love how he just he sets up stories. Yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. Um, what do you think about Hal Jordan as a Black Lantern? Oh, it, it's it's going to happen. That that's I'm I'm completely fine with it. I really like Simon Baz, so uh, yay. So I'm I'm happy with I'm happy with everything that's going on in that book right now. Are there no, any Are there any good Aquaman trades? Here's the t- <laughs> I don't know if there are any trades um aside from uh, the trench which just came out on hardcover uh with the comic line quote. I'm quoted on the back super excited about that. Um if, I don't know if they put out trades but I check out Lady in the Water it's the first I think six issues from uh, that would be the the volume two previous to this. Uh, Sub Diego is a good storyline. You should read issues one up until like fifty before they switch over to uh, Sword of Atlantis when they make Aquaman into a squid and kill him. Spoiler alert: it doesn't matter. Uh, it's it. Don't read Sword of Atlantis. Read everything prior to that in that run. Um, and then then he then he says, "What Marvel trades should I check out?" So, oh, there's so but, many good ones. But it, it depends on. Um, he says he's new to comics, so, but it depends on what you know. What, what characters is he like? Cause, you know, you can say Uncanny X Force. You know, yeah. um, that that was good. But it's like maybe you don't like the X Men. Maybe you don't like Wolverine. Um, Spider Man, big time. You know, start with Dan Slott's run. Yeah, and trying to catch up there. Um, I always recommend to new readers who have like who grew up on Marvel and just kind of fell away. Um, I always recommend Exiles. I think that's one. That's my favorite team book. I think Marvel's ever put out, uh, which is just you know characters from different universes coming together in this kind of quantum leap sliders type storyline where the save other universe parallel universes. It's brilliant. But then it got really bad. Yeah, the, um, and Judd Winnick was good on there. I love Judd Winnick. Oh God, he did great on that book. And then, but when Chris Claremont came over, I mean, I absolutely love Chris Claremont, but I have no idea what happened when. I remember there was an issue where it's like Gambit in another dimension was the son of an, uh, like Atlantean Sue Richards and Namor. Yes. And, and, and like, um, I don't know if, if Namor was black or, or Sue was. And it was just like, I, okay, I, I get that, you know, you're talking alternate dimensions, so different things happen, but it's like, how can these people be so radically altered, but they're the same characters? And yeah. then, like, for Gambit to be, like, their kid, it's like, that, there, there's, you know, infinite possibilities, whatever, but it's like, that just can't happen. You're just, you're totally getting everything to mix, throwing in a blender and just shaking it up and seeing what you come out with. I mean, I, there was also an issue, I think that, 
I, I forget. I think it was like all new Exiles. I think it was like issue fourteen or, or seventeen, something like that. I the gave. Jeff, oh no, not the Jeff Parker one. The Claremont one. Yeah, it was like when they like went away and it was like relaunched, something like that. Yeah. I, I think I gave it like a one or one point five. I think that was like the the lowest review I gave. You should definitely, if you're, and I always recommend, again, I'm going to recommend Exiles. It's great. Um, read up until, I think it's Universe World Tour or something like that. That's about the time, I believe, Claremont takes over. And uh, again, Claremont's a legend. He's done some amazing things. But the what I loved about Winnick's run was he he created this awesome, awesome story, you know, and mixed, had a good mix of like action, uh, like a family dynamic and these kind of relationships building where Claremont really focused way too much on, for me, on just relationships of these characters. And then the overall idea of like, well, how do we get back to original universes was kind of lost. Are so you, like, the goal of the team just faded away. It seemed. Are you reading um, extreme X-Men? No, no, I, I am not – I was going to say something mean. I just – I don't like anything that has the word extreme in front of it. But, I mean, it, it's it's kind of the same idea. Is it? Yes, I mean, if you like – you should check it out. I mean, um, I'm I'm behind because it, it's like one of those – I think it's like it's a double ship, you know, book. But yeah. basically, you you have Dazzler from 616, and then you have um, other random people. You know, there's like a, a different Emma Frost, a Wolverine, you know, young Nightcrawler. Yeah, and um, their their mission is there's like these. I don't know if it's like I can't remember if there's like twelve evil Professor Xavier's, and they have to like hunt them down and kill them or something like that. So that seems kind of fun. So it, I mean, it's the same premise as Exiles. You know, they have to go to different dimensions, but you know, they actually have this this mission here. And then um, the last issue that came out a couple of weeks ago, the, the Professor Xavier. I I didn't like I said I'm behind, but I was flipping through it. He's like this giant whale or something like that and like the brood were like in, using him as like as a ship he's like so there's a giant pink <laughs> whale with xavier's face like flying over like the golden gate bridge or something like that and there's brood inside him just like chomping away or just controlling him or i think i mean like i said i didn't i didn't <laughs> read it so, that sounds so ridiculous oh oh one of the one of the um the other members of, of the extreme x-men is a professor xavier head in a bubble in a floating bubble in a glass jar. That's almost okay. It, just the way you're describing it, it just sounds like so. Like they just took a whole bunch of ideas and put it in a hat, and they just pick like random things out. But like, it was again, better, but better it. than when Claremont did it. I think it's Greg Greg, Greg Pack writing it. So I mean, it, oh, it, I love him. He's one of my favorite writers. It's good. I mean, you, made, you know, I don't think Marvel discounts their back issues, right? I think it's just DC that does that. It's like maybe you should yeah. you know check out a couple on Comicsology and. I'm gonna see what you think because I've, I've reviewed a couple but then i just got behind and it's just like i mean i i like like you i don't like the name i don't like that because when i think of extreme x-men i think of salvador La- run. yeah and salvador laroca you know he drew it yeah. um psylocke oh, storm rogue gambit and bishop back when he was good when he's a nice yeah. guy so okay next question Marvel recommendations <laughs> yeah um Hancock eighty nine um, says, "What do you think of the Valiant book so far?" Which I I think we we already discussed that. Um, yeah. Hancock eighty nine's logo looks like the Valiant logo. Is is, is Avatar? Um, if you haven't given them a try yet, what what's the deterrent? So I, you know, I, I we we talked about that. So I'm I just I fell behind. You know, I read like the first issues, 
And now that you and Greg are, are both like fighting over them. So it's like, okay, you guys can review them. And so the bad thing is it, it kind of takes the pressure off of me to keep up with it. So at some point I need to keep up with it. So I, 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 I agree that they're great, yeah. but because you guys are, are reading them, I'm trying to keep up with the other stuff, but that's not a good excuse. So people should well, check them out. Greg, Greg and I have a good system down now where we switch off on Shadow Man every month. I take Exo Man War and Archer and Armstrong, and then he takes Bloodshot and Harbinger. So we're just taking our favorite books. And I've already said Harbinger and Bloodshot are good. I'm just not as excited about them as Exo Man War and Archer. Definitely read those, though. They're. Pick them up. Pick up the trade for Exo Man War, which we have a contest going on, or is that over? That's that's long over. That's um, long over. Yeah. I can't um, keep. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Hopefully they've shipped out by now. De- um, but definitely pick up that first trade of Exo Man War. Like you will not be disappointed. You don't need to know anything about the Valiant Universe previous to get into this stuff. It's just it's perfect for new readers. Yeah. All right. Um, skip that question. Next one. Spider Max Seventeen. Hey G Man, what? Do you think of the Wanted graphic novel? Did you read that? Yeah, I got it on Comicsology actually. And so, what do you think of the graphic novel and the movie? They are two separate things. I, I, I heard an interview with the scre- uh, whoever wrote the screenplay for it. I cannot remember, but I guess they wrote the screenplay based on the first or second issue, which had, at that point it had only been out. Um, so they're two entirely different entities. I like the movie; it's fun. The that was Mark uh, uh, Mark Miller, right? Yeah. Okay. That it's it's Mark Miller writing. It's it's nutty. It's dark. It is not for kids. It's solid. I enjoyed it, but yeah. it gets it gets to like a really dark place later on in that in that miniseries. And it, it, like you said, it's completely different. <clears throat> Just the whole idea, of, you know. I, I think in the in the book, if I recall, they were more villains than in the movie. They didn't really play that up, where they actually killed like the superheroes. They do. They do worse things as well. Uh, that's <laughs> when I first read that comic. I had seen the movie already, and I wanted to just collect the entire miniseries before I uh, read it. I read it all in one sitting. I was just like, "Wow!" Like it, it might have been. It, it's a little too dark for me, even. Mm. But it, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on a remake with the premise closer to the comic? I don't know if they could do that. I don't think that'll work. Unless it was like an HBO or. I don't know. I mean, that, that's an NC seventeen right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we still have to see if they're going to do a sequel or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I I think the, with the way it ended, I think they should just leave it be. Yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. Yeah, the movie's different, but like it's it's. I think it's pretty good on its own. You know, if you're not comparing it to the comic, it's good. Yeah. Hey, Bob's a nub. How much effect does a back issue market have on mainstream publishers' strategic decisions, new series, cancellations, rebranding, etc.? I guess I have the same question regarding collected editions. Um, I'm not sure if I understand back issue market on publishers' strategic decisions. I, I, I see, I don't know if publishers actually look at it because I, I know, like, when Wizard was out, they'd always look at, like, supposedly they, they talk to um, comic shops across America or whatever. To find out, like, you know, back issue bin, you know, what, what was yeah. hot. And then, you know, some of them might say, oh, everyone's, you know, for some reason people are, are looking into Dazzler's first appearance or whatever. Maybe we should do something. I don't think they, they, they look at that. I, I know with the store that I used to work at, um, th- there's no way to tell back issue wise what we're selling. 
It's just we have tons of comics. They're priced and they're put in alphabetical order. There's no actual. You can't actually tell like that if people are buying. You know. Spider-Man's first time high-fiving Uncle Ben or whatever, you know. That never happened, though. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's you, – you don't even have to pay attention nowadays with what people are buying. Just, you know, listen to them. See what they're saying on Twitter. I mean, that's a, that's an easier way to do, like, market research and things like that now. Just just listen in. Yeah. So then um, Bob Zinup says, were there any significant revivals of particular titles, concept, or characters in recent years – because of later popularity among readers who tend to wait for trade paperbacks or hardcovers. I heard Hickman's Fantastic Four and FF run owes quite a lot of gratitude to readers making its collected edition such a success, but I could be wrong. I mean, I, I guess that could happen where someone's like chugging along and then it gets comes out in trade and people are like, whoa, did you see this? And then other people are like, yeah, I've been saying this every month. So, but I, I can't think of anything in particular that... Um, you know, maybe like Watchmen, because when did when did that like explode? You know, was it when it first came out, or was it when it was collected? I think it was when it was collected. I think it's when Time put it on its best 100 novels list. I, I couldn't tell you when that happened, but uh, that's the first time I heard about it. And that, at that point, it was already collected. So, and the same thing with like Sandman. I don't think that was like the huge hit, like when issue one and issue two first came out individually. Yeah. So. um and then he says, what's your position on the fate of DC's Vertigo imprint? Which kind of is the next question also. Um, we are witnessing a major rebranding, making Vertigo a platform for creator-owned works, while company-owned characters are going back to the mainstream continuity. Swamp Thing, Animal Man, Constantine. Some people say Constantine. Some people say Constantine. I say Constantine. I say Constantine, too. Dennis Clara says Constantine. But I, someone is like, no, it's Constantine. Or a few people say that. And supposedly Alan Moore, I think, said that also in an issue or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure DC will find a level of success that anticipated in all this, which immediately raises the question, is it possible that Vertigo may disappear or shrink to a state similar to Marvel's icon imprint? I mean, it's hard to say with Vertigo because Karen um, Berger leaving, um, I don't know the reasons why, but I, I believe like Scott Snyder's um, The Wake that he's doing with Sean Murphy, Yeah. that's I'm pretty sure that's creator-owned, which um, nothing at Vertigo has really been. I think maybe there's one thing, but nothing was was creator-owned before. Like like not you know Sandman's not Neil Gaiman doesn't own that that that's all DC, but they're smart and nice enough to say okay Neil you're you want to leave end the series we'll we'll end it we're not going to get someone else to start writing it. Well, what about the um? Because I'm not sure myself, but what about like Sea Guy with Grant Morrison? Um, and like demo with Brian Wood, I know because demo has all just been Brian Wood and that one other artist. Is that creator owned or is that company owned? I think it's creator owned. Like even like Fables, you know, I don't think Bill Willingham owns that. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know if they have like a piece of it, but uh, I'm, I I don't think Vertical was was ever creator owned. No. So um, but it's it's hard to say, and and you know the the whole thing with like Hellblazer, um. You know, the, the main question is, you know, what were the sales like it before? Um, I, I looked it up and I wrote that article about it. So I, I wrote about the whole uh, – what the sales for, for Hellblazer were when I wrote that uh, – the Constantine editorial about a month ago. When, when Constantine was announced to have his own book over at DC. Um, 
they were they were good for a vertical book. I, I want to say like sixteen thousand. I don't have the numbers right off the top of my head here or in front of me. Um, but uh, there's going to be twice as many readers at DC than there were at Vertigo for the same character. I mean, that's just it's a no brainer because DC will, uh, I think, put more time into promoting it, and because Constantine's been part of JLD, you're going to get some of those readers jumping over. Probably most of those readers jumping over. Um, it does stink that the book's ending, uh, and he's going to be watered down. He has to be. It's going to be PG Constantine, but I mean, what are you going to? I don't know. There's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, give it a try. But that stinks because I'm a big Vertigo fan. I mean, my favorite series of all time is The Wide Last Man and Preacher. Um, And all these books are disappearing. I'm only reading, I think, unwritten now from Vertigo. And I don't want the company to go because it's just such a good place for. Uh, not only phenomenal talent, but just these really great stories. And I just, uh, that disappearing to me is like the death of a giant era. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, don't, I mean, cause so if, if even people can't, I mean, they can complain about it, but if, you know, all the fan, if they were buying the book, then, you know, yeah. then, then DC would say, okay, this is doing great. Maybe we're going to keep, it unless, um, you know they they feel like well we have to bring all these you know characters over to the DC universe so I don't know, maybe didn't have a choice. Yeah, I mean no one's. It's sad to say like there's a lot of people complaining about it, but are they reading the book? I mean, are you? I don't know. I'm I'm I just started uh, like rereading Hellblazer. I'd only gotten to issue fifty prior, so now I'm just restarting. I'm at like issue twelve right now. Uh, I'm hoping to get through it all. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, and, and and you know it goes back to you know our our people, um, are are they you know are they actually buying them or are they torrenting them? You know, and you know people can say that they read the stuff, but if they're not actually buying it, if the yeah. sales aren't there, you know you you can you can go on a message board. Or you know Twitter or Facebook and say you know you love this so much, but if you're not actually buying it, if you're pirating it or reading friends' copies or reading it at the comic store, um, then yeah, like torrenting in general just really quick bugs me. But like when you torrent like an independent book or and Vertigo is essentially it's independent, what is considered or like even like Millar World or something like that, like. You're not you're you're hurting that you're really hurting them. Like uh, when you torrent Marvel or DC, yeah, you're hurting the companies by not buying the book. But when you do it to like independent series, you're like you're punching them in the groin is what you're doing to them. Like just please just buy it if you want to read it, or, or it will disappear like we're seeing, mm-hmm. or could be seeing. Yeah. So um, then Red Hush One says after it says about Vertigo also it says after Vertigo announcement that they're ending Hellblazer. Do you think it's the last nail in the coffin for for Vertigo? Because come on, yes. Um, there are many series like Punk Rock Jesus and main series like Fables, American Vampire, and Ferris are good, but those are the only three good books that they have. So what I'm actually <laughs> so what I'm actually asking is, do you think Vertigo is coming to an end soon? So I'm going to say no, and I'm going to cut you off because I know what you're going to say. Those aren't the only good books that they have. No. What were you going to say? I was going to go. I'm I'm going with Unwritten. Yeah, I love Unwritten. But um, is that still going? It's at issue, I think 48 comes out soon. I, I, they're, they're in the 40s, upper 40s, maybe 50s even. I don't remember. Maybe you should review the next issue. 
maybe I should catch up on reading. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> I own every issue, though. I buy them all. I just, I have to. I like reading that book in chunks. All right, let There's me know. Certain, yeah, let me know when you're caught up, and hopefully the series doesn't get canceled. <laughs> but because of me not reading it, <laughs> no one's reviewing it, so we're gonna cancel it. Yeah, but I just caught up. Um, but yeah, I mean, are you caught up on Punk Rock Jesus? Um, I'm still waiting for issue six. I think is um the last issue. I think it's next week. Um, I'm still waiting for issue five for my LCS. I ordered. I had a special order because there was no copies of it for me in my pull box. Mm. Uh, you, you because they wanna, sold out, which is a good thing. You don't want to do Comicsology. I need to own that. I need to have a physical copy of that. No, it's, it's so good. Because I want to reread it, and uh, I love Comicsology, but I just I want to. That's a book. There's certain books I physically want to hold in my hands, and that's one of them. But wouldn't you want that as a trade? I would want that as a trade too. Like, um, I got a Joe to Barbarian, the hardcover. That was I, that's a great book. That was that was good. Yes, yeah, we're talking about Sean Murphy. Yeah. I, I don't know if we said it. Um, so Joe to Barbarian was Sean Murphy. It was written by Grant Morrison, and that was about a a kid who was hyper hypoglycemic, and um, he, 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 have, he starts having like uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's something shock. You know anything about hypoglycemia? No, I know nothing about it. Well, it's like he's, he didn't have he didn't take his insulin, so he he started. Um, then he started having visions. So it's like he starts slipping into this other world. But it's like, is he really slipping into this other world, where like his 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 rat is like this huge giant rat warrior, you know, <laughs> fighting by his side, or is he just hallucinating it all? I mean, so it, it's it's probably like the worst description that I just gave. But <laughs> it's a good book. Is but Grant it's Morrison really wrote pretty. it, and it's it's Sean Murphy. It's 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 beautiful. I mean. It's beautiful, Gus. So um, <laughs> I don't know, like five people might might have gotten that. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it so much. I bought the hardcover, and um, I, I'm sure I'll get Punk Rock Jesus as a hardcover. It's interesting that it's black and white. That, that's what that's one of the things that I don't like about it is because like I I like Sean Murphy's art, but it comes I feel it becomes a little muddled without the color. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little hard to understand or see what's going on, but other than that, like I love punk rock Jesus. I'm so I didn't I didn't think I'd like it at all. I ended up loving it. Yeah, I was like Matt, I want you to review this. I mean, because I, I wanted to review. I don't think I reviewed any of them, and I I, I don't I know you. Ha- I don't think you reviewed all of them. Sarah, I thought did the first one or second Not, one. I don't. I, I, maybe, but I don't. I don't think she did. Um, but that was one. It's like you know because I, I love Sean Murphy, and I was like you know this this needs to to be reviewed. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was glad that you were able to do it, and I'm pretty sure it's next. It's January second is when the the last issue comes last out. Last issue. I gotta get my issue five still. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you won't be reviewing it next week if you don't get it. I might have to do it. Well, you can do it then if I don't get it. Um. Carlos Car or actually actually Car twenty three Los. <laughs> um. Says, see, you know, I I love um these posts so. So this question was asked three um, – actually, not by this time. It's, it's five weeks ago. He only has four posts, and one of them is here. So it's like I, I love when you know, I'll see these questions, like, like one post, two posts, and you know, they're, they're, make, they're creating accounts just to ask me these questions, which I think is great. And I hope, awesome. I hope they don't get tired of waiting <laughs> since it, it's taken so long you know, to, to catch up. But um, I am almost caught up, so um, people need to keep asking questions. So, anyways, um, Car Twenty Three Los 
It says, how many is- this is a good question. How many issues do you give a comic before you decide to drop it from your pull list? I'm having difficulties keeping my pull list under $20 a week with the all-new Marvel Now comics coming out. It especially sucks since some come out bi-monthly. Yeah. I think that's a, a great question that I don't really have an answer to. And it's, it's going to, I think, vary from, from people to people. I've I've always said, and I've said this since I started like getting back into comics about ten years ago, three issues for a new series. I'll give it three issues because the first issue of a series is always going to be set up, so it's not going to blow you. It's usually not going to blow you away. The second issue is always going to be you know a little bit more set up, a little bit more introduction of characters, and by a third issue, you're halfway through a story, and at that point, you should know whether or not this is the book for you. But sometimes I'll give I'll give a book like ten issues if I feel it has real potential. Yeah, I mean it. It it's going to vary from people to people. It's going to depend on like yeah. how much you can afford, and it's also going to depend on when you jump on. You know, if if you you start reading something at like issue thirty nine, you know thirty nine forty forty one, those might not be like the best best issues. So I, I think it really depends on the character, like how much you might like the character. And because, you know, you could have a really cool character like you say, I really love the idea of this. I don't really like this, the story. I mean, it could just be that arc's not not the best one. And, you know, it could also be, you know, maybe that arc doesn't have the best artist because, you know, a lot of times the art can really turn you off, even if you have a really yeah. good story. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marvel Now stuff people have, have asked um, and I asked Marvel, it's like, are there, cause I, there's no way all these titles could be bi-monthly. No. It's like, I mean... Bendis can write a lot, but you know he's he has Uncanny X Men coming up. He has Guardians of the Galaxy coming up. Um, I he's not doing any more Avengers because there's new Avengers coming. But what what I was told is I wasn't given like a clear answer. I was told that it it depends on what what the the story needs. So I guess if they have like I you know I don't even know what that answer means. I, I guess. If they have like a really big, you know, story, they they want to get it out. They'll they'll go to a bi monthly, you know, schedule. But then if it's if if it can go if it can slow down a bit, then maybe they will. <laughs> that, that's amazing. I maybe where it really depends is like what can the creative team keep up with. That's my been my I, I've complained about that on Twitter. I guess that's where you complain that I'm I love most of the Marvel Now stuff, but I'm kind of getting hurt in the wallet with how much it's all getting released. I mean, this would be two weeks in the future now, but uh, upcoming this week, which is going to be last week for you guys, is all new X-Men 4. It's been a month. We're on the fourth issue. Cable and uh, Cable and X-Force 2 is already coming. Like, and it's been, it's been two weeks. Like, please slow down for like, you, I think a lot of people are going to get turned off by that, by the fact that stuff's just coming at them too quick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great if you're digging it. It's like, yeah, get, you know, get another, because with, with all new X-Men, there is, there's one point it came out two weeks in a row. That's right. Yeah. It, Cause it just, you know, because they wanted to get two in, in December or for whatever reason, they probably wanted to avoid, um, this week since we only have, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 700 and Avenging Spider-Man 15.1, which I will have to say, if you have not gone to your comic store yet, read Amazing Spider-Man 700 first and then Avenging Spider-Man 15.1 because Avenging Spider-Man will spoil Spider-Man 700. Dan Slott mentioned that on the podcast. Yeah, and I've been saying it left and right every chance I get. Just, yeah. Um, he also told people not to be on, on the internet right now. 
He's Don't like, listen to that part. <laughs> he's, he's like, the 36 hours before, just stay. I was like, no, I need people going to Comic Vine. And he's, yeah. Um, so, anyway, going back to the question about how many issues. So yeah, I mean, if you can, I, I, you know, I would go like maybe four or five, six, you know, something like that. But I, I, I sometimes tend to go longer. And I, I do the bad thing, which, you know, I'm not helping the, the I don't know, the industry or whatever. If, Something's if I'm not really digging it, I'll, I'll probably still buy it just because it's like you know okay I need to buy these comics for Comic Vine you know I may need to refer back to this issue, yeah. So I'll keep buying them like Red Lanterns. I can't remember the last and I I always that's always um the scapegoat or whatever that's that's the one that gets beat up on on, on the other podcast. But I, I like the idea of the red. I love the idea of all the different lanterns. Red yeah. Lanterns as a series. No. I just it it it's they became like spirits of vengeance, you know. It's like it's like oh, we're full of rage and we're gonna right the wrongs. And I, I don't even know what happened with that that kid with the brother who, whose dad was attacked and put in the hospital and ended up dying, and then he got so angry. You know, oh, Johnny he, Johnny Red Lantern is that I was calling him. I don't even know. I mean, I, like I said, I I don't even know what happened to him if he turned into one or not. I think he did an issue like six or something. I I jumped off of it too. So I, it's like, and so that's something. I should I should stop buying that because you know it's may just be one sale, but then you know then DC will say oh people aren't aren't buying it so it's like you know you got to stop buying it if you're not liking it so I I can't really speak to that but there'll be stuff where I'm just like yeah I I really need need to stop reading this now and you know there's been been a couple so but yeah trying to keep your comics under twenty dollars a week that's that is harsh and Marvel kind of tricked us you know it was, was kind of like. Avengers is ending, then we're going to have you know new Avengers series. Amazing Spider-Man's ending, but then we're going to have Superior Spider-Man. So it, it looked like for everything that was ending, it was going to be replaced with, with one book. It's like, yeah, but then you didn't really emphasize that it's going to be coming out twice a month. So it's kind of like it's yeah. being replaced with two books. Do you feel um, a little off topic, as I always am, do you kind of feel like that this is kind of the same thing we saw in the 90s where Marvel just said they were going to do something completely different and they did this numerous times, but just renumbered everything to get new readers on and buy new number ones. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they did that with the heroes were born and, and then, then heroes return. Yeah, and then, but what, what, when they brought them back, cause like, like everything started, like I, I remember like Spider-Man in particular and then, you know, and the fantastic forward, then they, they started having double numbers. Yeah. And then, then they're like, okay, we're going to go back to the original numbers. The way, and I, I think I, I made a comment to you on Twitter when you were complaining about this, mm-hmm. um, since that's what you do on Twitter. Yeah. Is I, I don't like that they're renumbering everything, but if it does, and I, I don't, I don't really know if it it does bring in new readers. If someone says, "Oh, number one, I'm going to read this," I mean, it might. People might say, "Like, okay, I can jump on here." I, I guess I'm at the point where, even though it bothers me that that they're doing that, I want, I want to see. You know, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, seven hundred one or eight hundred, or you know, yeah, I, yeah. I want to see Action Comics a thousand. Um, oh, that'll come out. Don't worry; it doesn't matter what number they're on. Action one th- Comics one thousand. I I can't guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be out. I don't. I'd say I don't know. If, I don't even know if, if I don't. They're not going to change the numbering. I don't think. Maybe. Well, now that we're seeing all the different waves. Yeah. And even with like um like Batman Inc. getting delayed a month because of the tragedy at the movie theater, which again, that issue was not late. It, it, that's not, no, it was it in stores. Yeah. It was in stores. I, yeah. I read it the week before it came out. Yeah. I read it too. <laughs> um, um, 
So it's like even even the numberings because before it could be like what the, the original titles you can tell if if a book is late if if everything's on you know like in January if everything's on issue sixteen but then one book issue fifteen is coming out you know that book is late. But yeah. now with with the waves you know the the you can kind of see okay these these books are in issue five or whatever or issue four. But even that's getting messed up. So maybe by then they might say, "All right, well, let's go back." But I, I have a feeling for like Action Comics, what they'll do is, is it'll be issue. I don't even know how far. I have, it, feeling, I have a feeling they'll go with like the one thousandth issue, yeah. issue spectacular. Something yeah, like that. it'll still have its you know issue eighty nine or you know whatever it's yeah. going to be, but it won't be that that much. But that's but that's saying that the new fifty two is still going on, which I you know it, it could. It's a good possibility it'll still be going on. I, I I can't see them going back at this point. Neither nor can I. I, th- I think it's just like you know we're committed. This is how it is, and you know this is this is what we're going to do. So like what, what um so I did a video a couple weeks ago about like Wally West because you know that everyone's like where's Wally West? But yeah. I said it's like we might not see Wally West for like five years. You know if if this is the way DC is going to be for the next you know 10 15 20 years it's not like they need to reintroduce everything everyone it, yeah. it sucks i i hate it i don't like that but you know they don't need to throw everyone at us right away so just be patient yeah like like axel rose said they got rid of my whole favorite team the jsa <laughs> yeah and i had to wait for them so what are kind of here what are you thinking of earth 2 um i'm it's hard for me because I'm such a I'm a huge JSA fan, so it's hard for me to adjust without. I want my Green Lantern in a red shirt and a purple cape, but I, I like what I like what's happening. I think was it issue six, the end of that arc, I was not a fan of, but issue seven, like it's, I, I I'm intrigued. I, I'm interested to see where it's going. Overall, it's pretty good. Okay, I'm happy. Um, I got another um, off-topic question before I go yeah. to the next one. So in my town. This this guy decided he wanted to start up a comic shop. It was like his okay. his lifelong dream, as you know, many comic collectors have. So he's he's actually going to the original location. There used to be a comic shop in my town. Who's they they moved out of there because the rent was just got crazy, and you know, yeah. and the landlord wanted to increase their rent and decrease their floor space because they were going to bump out the wall in the, the building behind it to add like an, a little arcade room for like the the, the bar or restaurant there. So the owner like left. So yeah. this guy he he managed to get the the original original spot where this this comic store that was there for all these years. Um, his his idea is he's not going to sell new comics. He's only going to sell old comics because I, I think he has a collection of like seven hundred issues or something like that. Uh huh. What do you think of that? Uh, I hate to ruin this guy's dreams. It's going to fail. I don't see how. I mean, no one buys. I mean, when you worked at the comic store, were, what was like back sales? Were, were people buying the back issues? No, it, it was like a. T- it was maybe ten percent of the daily sales. So, they, except during back issue sales. Yeah. So you have all this inventory just sitting there. Yeah. And you know, people come in for the new stuff, and you know, comic stores say, "Okay, I have thirty people that want to read, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, so I'm going to order thirty-five copies, and that way, you know, if anyone walks in." But you don't want to get stuck with all these no. these old issues. But the problem that's going to happen is uh, if he starts, like, let's say, buying other people's collections, which a lot of LCSs do to get their back issue inventory up, um, you get you're going to get stuck with tons of stuff from the late '80s and '90s that no one will ever buy. Uh-huh. 
and so that's going to be your whole collection at that point. Because the, the the top sellers in the back issues are going to be golden golden and silver age. Then that stuff just goes quick. Sometimes by the employees. Sometimes I had to end up buying a whole bunch of like haunted tank and GI combat stuff because we just had it in. Um, and then you're just and a lot of times you're just stuck with the 80s and 90s stuff that no one is going to want. So you need to have the new comics in the store, and so. You know, the, the, the person will come in, they'll buy new comics, like, oh, where'd this character come from? The employee, if they're awesome, will say, hey, this guy came from Teen Titans 70. And then, you know, there's a first appearance. You can buy it, read it on. You know, you need to have a new connection, a new comic collection. Oh, God, I can't even talk today. I'm sorry. I've been tutoring all week. It's been finals. I'm kind of tongue tied. Not this week. Yesterday yeah. was Christmas. School was closed. Okay. <laughs> Stop time traveling on me. See what, what the comic store should do is have a, a computer terminal, you know, locked onto Comic Vine, so then you can say, "Hey, just look up their first appearance," and then you can see if we have it. That's what we do, or that's what the store I used to work at does. Okay, I got them on. If somebody would ask a question about comic books, I'd say, "Well, let's go to Comic Vine because yeah. I work there." Yeah. <laughs> you have like a big flashing like neon sign, Comic Vine, Comic Vine. All right, Life Boy says, "How is the price difference from Marvel compared to DC justified?" I don't think there is that much of a difference. I mean, um, see what what I, I, I the confusing thing is DC's like three ninety nine books have the backup stories. Marvel's three ninety nine books have the free digital download, but the Marvel books are still like I think like like twenty or twenty two pages, while the the DC ones have eight extra pages for like a buck or something like that. Yeah. That's uh, the, the only price point one that bugs me is before Watchmen because their backups are two pages. Um, yeah. And that's a three ninety nine book. No one's buying, reading those backups. No, because you had to buy them all yeah. and, and read them in the right order. Um, yeah. I, I, Marvel's if you haven't if you've been noticing they've been slowly cutting back on giving away free not free you're paying an extra dollar for it but giving away the digital copies along with the hard copies um I know DC does that too but I don't I've never seen them on the shelves well, I think it's a special order thing Yeah cuz DC you, it, it's an extra dollar and then it, yeah. it's like it comes in a bag or something like that and it has you know different colored covers or something like that so I, I think most comic shops. I don't know if there's a demand. People, you know, if you have a who wants to pay four ninety nine for a comic, you know, it, it's cool if you, if you like having the physical and and because yeah. there's times where you know I'll I'll have the physical comic, but then I want it on Comicsology too, or you know I don't feel like digging you know being lazy. I don't and I have a poor filing system. I don't want to look up the issue. It's just easier just to get it there. So it it would be it. There is an advantage of having both, but. I, I can't see the average person willingly wanting to pay an extra dollar. But then in Marvel, you kind of are paying an extra dollar to yeah. get, get that. And then the other thing is DC, after 30 days, they lower their comics a dollar. And I don't think Marvel does. I could be wrong. But I don't think they lower them on Comixology um, or the Marvel app, whatever. They, get, they do special deals, but yeah, I don't remember them lowering anything. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the, the justification is—you know—they do what they want. People pay for them, so that's that's what it is. All right, Fergal, you know that guy, Fergal Ryan. You're talking on Twitter. He's 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 on Twitter a lot. Um, <laughs> the first time he ever asked a question, I thought his name was Fear Gal. 
Oh, okay. Now I know who you're talking about. Fear gal was Virgo. I was like, <laughs> hey, fear gal. Fear gal. So it's like she, she's a. This is a girl. She's she, you got to fear her. But it's like he's like, no, I'm a dude. I live in Ireland. It's like, sorry. Are you still feisty? Yeah. So if, if I ever go to Ireland, I might crash at his place. <laughs> um, I think he he put an invitation out. I don't know if he's serious. I'm coming with you. Okay. Just go there. Yeah. Um, hey, G man. Whoever else is there? Hi. Oh yeah, so I guess I think we might be at the point now where people know that you know there's other people sometimes answering these questions. Um, so I hope you're all well. Why the heck do people live in Gotham or Metropolis? How can they afford it? I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed that you, a close friend or family member, will be killed by a supervillain. <laughs> Health and life insurance premiums must be extremely expensive, as must be house insurance, car insurance. Furthermore, if your house car is destroyed by a superhuman fight, who pays for that? I mean, if one of the new gods shows up and destroys a small neighborhood, that is literally an act of God. Ergo, insurance wouldn't have to pay for it. I think uh, that's maybe there's that's where the jobs are. <laughs> you you got to work for you know LexCorp or or Wayne Enterprises. You know whether it's you're working in the, the office or the, the mail office. Does does DC have their own version of like damage control like I, Marvel? I don't think so. I don't, they I don't need know. that. Well, um, I know it's a direct ripoff, but I, I don't. You, well, I mean, yeah, it was, it was weird. It was damage control, and it's like you know DC. So I don't think DC ever had one. There was an issue of Superman. I remember where I think it was guys from Star Labs. You know, they're they're kind of talking like it's like, oh, Superman does all the stuff, and we got to like clean up after him. But he was talking more about you know taking the the, the alien supervillain away and locking him up so they can be tested on or whatever. So, but yeah, I don't think they have. I, I think the insurance is just a. a there's got to be different clauses, you know, for for that. And I'm not talking about Santa Claus since yesterday was Christmas. Um, <laughs> I had to do that. Um, so, <laughs> I, I I think there's there's just something you know that there's got to be some sort of superhuman clause, and you know maybe your insurance premiums are higher because of that. Well, maybe they don't think about that because that's the world they live in. Mm -hmm. It's just like the world they live in is filled with superheroes, supervillains, things blowing up, people dying. And that's just the norm. So it's not something that's on the top of their priority list. Like if that happened to us, we'd be freaking out every day, like crying under – I'd be crying under my bed. Um, But that's just normal to them. So you know, they're not as concerned about it maybe. But it's it's like saying it's like well why would you want to live in a city you know there's so much crime in a city and you know all this bad stuff happens so it's 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 kind of you know saying the same thing so I don't know I mean I I think it it just just depends Doctor uh, Fate's protecting them all yeah um, necrotic lycanthrop okay says. Yo, Dr. G, I'm really grateful you're able to give me a few opinions, answering some of my, despite few quirky questions. On a side note, the evil Ash thing I wondered was if evil Ash had divided into two entities like Hero Ash did in Army of Darkness to create evil Ash Prime, not as much the Ash-its that came from the Broken Mirrors. So I'm going to try to puzzle your mind further with some even more wacky questions. Since Dread is going on Blu-ray, will fans of the 2080 line see any more British comic book characters made onto screen? Um, I, I'm going to say, I don't think I, 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 it, it didn't do well, I believe. I heard it was awesome. I didn't get to no, see it though. Yeah. You know, the movie was great. 
I, I, I loved it. I mean, it, it's, it's what you wanted, you know, in for a, a Judge Dredd movie. I just, I don't think box office wise, it, it no. didn't, didn't do great. So I don't think people are going to say, wow, look at this. We, we should, you know, try to see if there's, there's any other, you know, British characters, comic characters that we can, can use. So my, my big question is, I wonder how it's going to be in 2D. Because I, I, I thought it was that the 3D in there was, was actually great. So I don't know how that's going to work. But yeah, I, I, I don't see them saying, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's make more. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know much other than Judge Dredd. And this, I'm going to sound like a terrible person. I just don't know much about British comic characters. So I really, Judge Dredd's the only one I know. I've read a bunch of the 2000 AD like collections of his stuff, but sorry. Um, he says, will the ABC Warriors finally get the on-screen treatment that they deserve instead of a one-off note like in the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd film and their version of Hammerstein? Will there ever be a slight chance of a film treatment for Nemesis the Warlock? Um, I'm going to say probably not, but I, I think as you know, we see more and more comics you know, get adapted, that they might say – we're running out of ideas and, you know, people might say, you know, Marvel and DC have all the big characters. We, you know, and some other studio might be like, we want to do something too. We want to get on, on the game. So I, I think it's possible at some point they might start looking at other things, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately I don't think the dread movie is going to be like the deciding factor since it didn't do well. Box office, he knows it was good. Um, one thing that always bugged me about red Hulk was, if he really was just a skin for General Ross, is there a possibility, though, that General Ross has or is developing a similar mental complex as at least Red She-Hulk? While not a new personality, he essentially turns into a red werewolf with a brain and range and rage complex. Or is he, when controlled or manipulated by outside force, just reacting out of his rage and basic Hulk instinct to smash and kill and smash some more? I don't think he has a personality thing. I mean, because we, we've seen him... He's he's in con- control of his facilities when he's Red Hulk. Yeah, and you know, like that's he's making the Thunderbolts. And but know. maybe he, he hasn't had maybe enough time as both characters to start maybe his personality to start splitting or whatever. Because he's only been Red Hulk probably in comic book time for like two years. I don't know. Because there's Red Hulk's been around for what four or five years now. Um, yeah, four? I think just like five years. I think um, I think during I think Red She Hulk is on issue sixty now. Okay. That 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 took over. Um, the interesting thing in a Red She Hulk issue, like the the opening page, the summary page, they made a really great point, which I don't know if anyone ever brought up, but they they said that everyone that was present when the 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 gamma bomb demonstration that turned mm-hmm. Banner into Hulk, everyone that was present there was kind of like infected and was had like this. Um, gamma hulk gene whatever you know infused into them yeah so that's why rick jones became a bomb and that's why betty is is red she hulk and that's you know the leader turned into the because i think he was there and that's why you know ross is red she hulk or red not red shield red hulk so i i think you know that there was something by by them being exposed to that first blast that kind of paved the way to allow this to happen so i thought that was kind of interesting but I don't think, um, yeah, I, I don't know if he's ever lost control while 
he's been Red Hulk or not. So I don't know. I didn't get to read Thunderbolts yet, so um, it, it was good. Maybe he'll okay. I'll I mean, read it. Yeah, it was not, you know not great. Um, I'm curious to see how this team is going to work together. You know, Punisher and Elektra, and yeah, it's it's, it's a weird mashup of like Marvel Knights characters. It seems. Yeah, Flash Thompson, this Venom, Venom. Um, another Red Hulk question. Um, back before Betty took over his book, he was making strides with. An LMD assistant named Annie seems to me that most Hulk or Hulk-like characters have at least one squeeze in their appearances. Could Annie be Red Hulk's possible love interest, regardless if the writing has gone to Daniel Way rather than remain with Jeff Parker? I think that would just be weird. It's like, yeah, my girlfriend's an LMD. That that kind of happened in um, I it, it, what was it? Action Comics: The Black Ring. Oh yep. Where uh, Lex Luthor, I, it's not an LMD, but he, Lex Luthor kind of had like the love of his life was a Lois Lane robot. Mm-hmm. And then there's Hawkeye, that you know supposedly he he slept with a Scarlet Witch LMD. Yeah. Sweet bro. Yeah. Um, next, Salman Grundy. I don't think she's gonna be his love. I I I think she's she's gone now. That Jeff Parker's not writing. I don't see her coming back. Um, maybe she will. I don't know. Salman Grundy got an upgrade for Earth 2, even though I find a new design to be way too sexual than it needed to be. So far, he hasn't made a peep in the Earth 1 New 52. Will he make an appearance with the New 52 Part 2, or is he destined to be forgotten regardless if he's getting major popularity points with the video games that come? Um, basically, what, what, what James Robinson has said, that you're not going to see the same character in both worlds. So if you have Salman Grundy on Earth 2... He's not going to be on Earth One. You have Jason Todd on Earth One or Earth Prime. He's not going to be on Earth Two. So I think that's just kind of the unofficial rule that DC has in place right now. But at some point, you know, I, they'll cross over. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. I, uh, I liked the redesign of him. Like I liked. I, there was nothing I didn't like. I just uh, it's kind of a cool concept with him and his tie into the gray and the red and the green. Like I don't know, it was cool. Yeah. I'm fine with the I'm fine with this version of him. Yeah. Um, Anton Ar- Arcane is making huge waves in Swamp Thing as a prophet slave of the rot. His redesign is cool and definitely chilling. But why on earth is is he obsessed with walking around naked? <laughs> he's just he's he's beyond he he has no need for clothes. So my problem with with the design is is this is when we were talking about coloring before is I don't like the way it looks and when it's colored. Like it, the purplish, the purplish pinkish. It's like it, yeah. it's not scary. Um, and the the last issue of Swamp Thing, which you know I you know I love that series, but it's like all all of the people in the rot they they you know kind of look like something out of Toxic Avenger. Yeah, it's just it that was the unfortunate thing. Um, so yeah, I, I just he has no 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 need for clothes, so he just likes to let it hang out, flop in the breeze, I guess. Um, finally, if you were to make a superhero, supervillain team based on original Universal Studio classic Monsters, plus Mr. Hyde for good measure, who would you choose from the major comic company lines to fit those roles? They don't have to be exact monsters. They can be inspired or similar ones like Solomon Grundy for Frankenstein or Morbius for Dracula. What I love, and here's a, the side thing, is um, the Monster Fighter Lego. Yes. Have you seen those? I, yeah. I, I recently put some together. Um, so I, I, I did a... a toy awesome toy picks for that um a couple weeks ago and um 
there's there's like there's the mad scientist lab and there's like wolfman and and so i i think you, you got to have the wolfman on there yes um i, I think you'd want to have dracula mm-hmm. and frankenstein definitely for for strength um the mummy i don't know about the mummy because he's so slow you know he, he just shuffles along so he'll catch up later and it's like eh. I don't know about that. Um, Creature from the Black Lagoon would be cool. Oh, and of course, Invisible Man, because he can be like the creepy pervert and like or the, the stealth guy. <laughs> the, the the Chevy Chase version, though. Yeah. Let me take my underwear off and I'm naked walking around. Um, so yeah, I I think with those. So Necrotic Lycanthrop said, um, these choices must wait. The, the, the choices must fit these roles: Dracula, Frankenstein. Uh oh! Wait, the Mummy, Wolfman, Creature from Black Lagoon, Igor, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Um, I think I misread the question. It says if you were to make a superhero villain team based on them. So I don't know if we're supposed to come up with superheroes that are like these guys. Tuma Dracula, Dracula as Dracula. Frankenstein, Agent Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Mummy? There's, there's, um, see, no I'm one's, gonna go. No with, one wants uh, to be the mummy. Oh, what was the villain in? Um, never mind. I lost it. My brain just fried. All right, we spent too much time on this question. <laughs> and plus, you asked like six questions. So there you go. Um, Simon C. Simon, because Simon says, "What are your three favorite video games?" I definitely got to put Metal Gear Solid up there. Um, I, I absolutely love that game. I, I I really liked Resident Evil. I haven't played the last couple, and I, I guess the, the last six, what I think it was, it was mm. just really bad. Um, and then to see if I got one more. I, I guess I'll go with like Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, if I only have three. Unless oh, I want to go Combat from Atari. That's a good game. Atari 2600. No, Adventure from Atari 2600. <laughs> that, that was great, where you had, the, you had the, the three, the yellow, the black, and the, the red dragon. And they had different castles, and people are like, "What are you talking about? Look it up." I think I, I, I think I added that page or an image on Giant Bomb because that's how much I like the game. <laughs> um, right, I, I'm just gonna I'll go with right now what I'm playing a lot because uh, I like so many video games. I'm playing Skyrim way too much. Um, Madden because I'm uh, secretly a sports dork. And uh, I'm really into the the new WWE game for Xbox, just because I like creating my friends in ridiculous outfits, and we all fight each other. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Roy Harper Blow in caps. <laughs> Roy Harper Blow. Or maybe it's Roy Harper's Blow. Um, that's what they call the drug stuff, right? Blow. Blow. Sh- yeah. Shoot up some blow. Um, well, no, but okay. I don't know. Snort some blow. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I don't know the terminology. Um, do you think Marvel will bring back Sentry, and would you want them to? I would almost say, eh. You know, with the way he went all crazy and everything, and he was just so powerful, and he was so he was you know easily manipulated. I, I liked the idea when it first, you know, came out, but I just I just don't know what you can do. I love that original, uh, the original story, but I think by the time we got to like World War Hulk, 
I was kind of like, okay, I've I've had enough of the character. I like him, but I think like everything that you've already that we've you've already seen come from him. Like I've, I've had my fill. Like I'm okay with him not being around. Yeah, I mean, he served his purpose. Yeah, yeah. The the idea that he was this character and then everyone forgot about him. I mean, that was like you know interesting, but. And then they kind of changed his origin where, you know, he was a junkie and so I, don't, I don't know. I, I there, just, there Wasn't there another uh, miniseries? Um, I think it was post-World War Hulk. Oh, God. One of the covers is like him in the void and he's stuck in an hourglass. I don't remember. Because uh, that, that, that's – I remember reading that and being – at that point being like I'm kind of done with the character. Like I, we've – it's almost like the story was grasping at straws. I just think – after Norman Osborn got to him, he just became a mess. Yeah. Just crying all the time. Um, Curse T. So he always has a, like a million um, questions. So let's see if we get through them all. I might not. Um, how does one make a good blog post in your opinion? That I, I don't think you can really answer. I, you know, you, you need a, Depends on what you define as good. You know, you, you need yeah. you need a good topic. You need a good stance on, you know, whatever. You, you need to have a direction where you're, where you're going. Um, you, you have to be articulate. You got anything to add to that? Uh, blogging's what got me my job at Comic Vine. Blogging for Comic Vine. I yeah, like. Usually, just uh, if you got a good idea, it's well, you know, well thought out. Uh, revise a lot. Make sure there's not uh, dumb typos in it, like I always do. <laughs> um, but at the same time, don't be afraid to stop writing something if it's not going anywhere. Like uh, I, this week, I tried writing six blogs, and I got halfway through, but I'm like, nope, and just you know, stop it. You know, if don't be af- don't be afraid to write something that you're, no one's ever going to see. Um, it just makes you a better writer. Yeah, I have um, two ideas that I just haven't gotten around to, to writing on my my other website, the gmanfromheck.com. dot com. Yes. I, just do, I think I've done like maybe two two non comic blogs there, but I have yeah. two other ones. I just haven't had the time to to to, to write them. You you actually making that site inspired me to do inferiorego dot com, which like yeah I, I write but I write a lot more there about doing stand up comedy and uh, just things that kind of bug me on the internet like social I'm really into internet subculture so I write a lot about that and talk a lot about it. Now on Twitter, did you set me up that um, I think it was a uh, uh, Eric Boyd? He's like saying about how we, we told jokes on there and you said I've never told a joke once. Oh, that was pure setup for you. Okay. See? And I We have, we have that weird relationship where we're almost like the Smothers brother uh Smothers brothers and I or vaudeville act and I'm the straight man and then mm-hmm. like I always say something dumb that like, you could essentially say that's what she said right after. <laughs> that's I think that's our relationship the past like 5 years, I think. <laughs> it's it's like you're, you you put a, a Facebook comment it's like me and whatever these other guys hanging out, no jokes will be told. I was like, it's like your stand-up routine. It was actually me and five other comedians hanging yeah. out. Just like my stand-up routine. No one laughing. Yeah. And I, was, I felt bad after I wrote that. But no, I, it was funny. I knew Don't... you knew I was joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, So, and, and the main thing is you, you want to have a really 
it doesn't have to be a really cool topic. And it could just be something that you find interesting. And, you know, maybe only five other people will find it interesting. But, you know, that's what you do. You just write write what you like. That's why I write all my random articles. It's And, you know, some people say I'm just, you know, pandering or just, you know, writing the, the, the troll people. You know, I wrote about Cyclops before, you know, sort of like, oh, I'm just, you know, trying to start a debate. It's like, no, I, you know, based on what's happening in all new X-Men, you know, I, this is what I thought that, you know, he's. Yeah. So. You just write what you want, and hopefully every once in a while you get something really cool or unique that you know everyone's going to be like, wow, check this out. What's next? Um, could a Captain Britain um, character escape or exist in a DC universe? Same with member of Councilor Reeds. Um, like a British Superman? Well, uh, Captain Britain has a whole the there's all the different Captain Britons and the the Merlin, you know, the supernatural. Um, What's her name? Roma, you know, multiverse stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm I, my Captain Britain knowledge is not very good. Obviously, I would say if Grant Morrison, you know, Grant Morrison has multiversity coming up or whatever that's about. So, if he wanted to do it, he could do it. But if you're going to have like mul- multiple universes, I don't think they'd want to touch on that yet. No. Um, why are the more famous male couples, Apollo and Midnighter, North Star and Kyle, Richter and Shatterstar, Wick and Hulkling? Or why are there more famous male couples than lesbian couples? The only ones I can think of are Donner and Blitzen from Milestone and Carolina and Javin, which I'm not sure counts being that Javin is transgender and even she, he, it has no idea what gender she, he, it is. Um, is Batwoman dating anybody? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not reading that book, so. Yeah, she is. So, I mean, there's that. But see, the thing with Batwoman, she's like kind of doing her own thing. You know, she's not, she wasn't involved in night at owls or, you know, um, death of the family. Yeah. So I think that that's part of it. Why people don't, they, they forget, even though the, the book has, has won, you know, awards, you know, from, yeah. from glad. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just weird. I, th- I think maybe the, the problem is if, if you have a lesbian couple, you run the risk of just too many comic book stereotypes, you know, like it just being written the wrong way, yeah, you know, a, a creepy way, which you know, instead of a natural way, yeah. Whatever happened to Sasquatch of Alpha Flight? Whew. What happened that that series that got canceled again? No idea. Yeah, I he's probably somewhere in Canada, hanging out. Um, same to Andromeda of the Legion, unseen since Final Crisis. I I think. Legion, don't ask me about Legion because with the different versions and now with New 52, it's like, who knows? Does Vision realize Wiccan and Speed are his whatever they are? Does he care? Where is Vision right now? Well, he was with the Avengers for a while and he, he let um, Wanda have it when she came back because, you know, he, okay. he tore her, she tore him apart and, you know, uh, or, or she got torn well, she apart. Hulk tore she Hulk, Yeah, but it was all because of her and, he like really let her have it and made her cry and 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 run away. Good. Um, Take that, Scarlet Witch. So it's like I don't know. I mean, you would you would think this vision doesn't really have feelings, but for him to r- rip into her or be stern with her, so I I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Like in Children's Crusade, I don't think they really touched on that at all. No, it was it was focused mainly on Doctor Doom and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, if Trinity War becomes a civil war, could one side, such as Superman or Dead Man, recruit Swamp Thing? Would that be a good thing? Um, I don't think Swamp Thing will be involved in Trinity War because he'll be no. off somewhere else. I could see Dead Man being involved. 
Yeah. Would Mary Jane look good in Black Widow's outfit? <laughs> uh, <Sure>. I, I guess. <laughs> I never thought about that, but yeah. thank you. Yeah. Like, hmm. But it's like they're, they're both redheads, so it's, you know, it just depends on who's drawing it. I mean, it's, it depends whether or not you like bangs. Yeah. Um, between Deck Star, the Red Lanterns, and Rocket Raccoon, who would you want as a pet? Um, probably Rocket Raccoon. I don't want a cat vomiting blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I love Deck Star. I'll take Rocket Raccoon, though. A little raccoon with a little gun, that'd be adorable. Yeah. That's what my daughter thinks. She's like, oh, look at it. Um, and then I guess he mistyped the question for could DC, a DC character cross over with other Warner properties like Cartoon Network, Scooby Doo, or Animaniacs? I mean, we had Batman and Scooby Doo in the cartoon. Um, I don't think anyone wants them to cross over. What, what if you had like. <laughs> um, Scooby-Doo crossover into Detective Comics and it just got really way too dark for them and they just be like really freaking out because there's like real ghosts and people getting shot and killed yeah I just, just me I, don't, I mean it, it, it'll never happen no no like Animaniacs like that'd be great Animaniacs and uh, Ambush Bug and Joker and Joker speaking of Joker why have they never put Joker in the Phantom Zone I don't know. Oh, wow. Well, I, the, the question now is, is there a Phantom's... I guess the the thing is at the Fortress because Superman got um, Crypto out. But um, I don't think you... I don't think you can. I don't think Superman would, would do that because y- it's... You can't... You don't have the authority to do that. And he wouldn't put himself above, you know, the whatever government, you know, United States Supreme Court or anything like that. And you know, and you know, there's going to be people that would be protesting if they did that, regardless of how many people yeah. he kills. So it's civil rights. That's why. Um, Z1 Co 80 says, um, first time question: Would you say it's still worthwhile reading the Thor um, Straczynski run and Gillen run, even though I dislike the character? I hate Thor. I like it. <laughs> I've never liked the character. I've tried. I like the movie, but I've tried. I I can't do it. I've never been able to like any of the stories. I'm sorry. There's great teams on it. I I can't do it. But see, I don't hate Thor. People think I hate Thor because like the first issue I said it would have been a four. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, it's great. You don't like Thor. And it's like, no, I I like Thor better with the Avengers also. Um, So this, this guy says... I've read Walter Simonson's Omnibus, and although I love the stories and supporting cast, I really can't take the Thor. That's because of how I've heard those are important with regards to the Avengers storyline and Siege. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I think at, at this point, it's like you don't have to um, read those to understand what's going on, you know, especially mm-hmm. with, with what, what Jason Aaron's doing now. I mean, if, and if you really don't like the character, I, don't, I, I think you can get by without. Um, but you know, if you have the time and money, I'd say you know give it a shot. But you know, yeah, I don't think you have to. <coughs> okay, Spider Mac. What? Oh, I was gonna say I have the crossover. I have it now. Okay, the crossover is Scooby Doo and Gentleman Ghost. That that's it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. I think it's brilliant. Okay, make it happen. <laughs> we'll see. Spider Mac Seventeen. Kane was never one of my favorite characters until I started reading 
of the series, and overall, it's probably my third favorite right now behind Amazing Spider-Man and Batman. What are your feelings with the Scarlet Spider series? Um, I, I, you know, it's no secret. I love Ben Riley. Um, Kane, I was never really crazy about. Uh, when it was announced that Kane was going to be taken over or was going to be Scarlet Spider, I was just like, okay, I'll see where this goes. I, I like the series, and I, I like the idea that here you have a guy who's basically Peter Parker. You know, he's got his DNA. But he doesn't want to be a hero. But you can, you know, now he's slowly becoming one. And I think it's, it's like it's, it's all about nature versus nurture. So I, I think it's really fascinating to see that you know this isn't Spider-Man. You know, he's doing things that Spider-Man would never do. So I, I, and I think Chris Yost is great. I, uh, I'm waiting for it to go down on Comicsology to read it. Okay. Um, the minimum Carnage. I didn't really like that. I'm, I'm not the biggest Carnage fan, and I didn't like the going to the microverse. No. Uh, how do you like Kane as a good character? What are your hopes of series? I, yeah, I, I, I do worry about where the series is going to go if it's, you know, if it'll get watered down. Cause you know, I, as long as Kane, he needs to retain, you know, part of, you know, who he is. So, but it's, it's, it's going great so far. Um, Doc Fatalis says, we've had so many people from the forums referring to a fully fed Galactus. Can you please explain in pictures what a fully fled Galactus would be like? Please, pretty please. He's laying down on a couch with his belly hanging out, and it's a napkin in his neck, watching uh, uh, reruns of Friends. And he's like, like yeah, just burping everywhere. Yeah, yeah I don't know if there's a, a picture of that. There's got to be one. If I'm sure it's DeviantArt, someone did something. Yeah. Okay, here's one from Med M E D. Um, what was all the talk about hoping tied to Jean and her return? The entire AVX event and it's phoenix full ending is not a single interaction between hope and gene um i think the only thing is everyone thought that there would be some connection you know just because of the phoenix force she was redhead um when scott was losing it you know he saw a vision of, of gene she's like oh you know whatever so yeah there but other than that there's there's no real connection i don't think unless they decide to change it um, Phantom five 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 says, "Hey, I know you should do your three minute experts on either Marvel DC character, but would you ever consider doing one on Spawn L Simmons? I think he's a really cool character, but I don't really know that much about him. I don't know. I stopped reading Spawn at issue one hundred, and then I picked up. Wow, a, a, you went to one hundred. <laughs> yeah, I went to one hundred, and then um, I picked up a few when when like when this uh, that other guy became Spawn, and then like Spawn became evil." Yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, but I, I did a three-minute expert on um, The Walking Dead. So it's not always Marvel and DC. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who did any other ones. Could do an Invincible one. Yeah, I got to get caught up. Um, Benny Q says, Hey, G-Man, how's it going? First time I've asked a video or podcast question. So here it goes. Did Planetary exist in a new 52? I want it to exist deep in my heart. Um because has there been any mention of Jenny Sparks in the New 52? Jenny Quantum is there, so I would assume the whole Jenny mythos was kept, but would have thought it'd be mentioned more. <coughs> so, um, I, I, Stormwatch I read off and on. Um, I, I think maybe it could exist. It, it's one of those things where you know they're just not going to – just because they don't mention it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. But it's it's like when they clear like like um, New Krypton does not exist. That never happened because you know Supergirl wasn't there, and and so we can assume that didn't happen. 
but I think it's possible. I guess we just that that's that's the best I can say is maybe. I mean, it, it's not clear that it isn't, but. Um, Loki9876 says, I love Snyder's Batman. I'm very glad he's going to make a new story with the Riddler. I think there aren't a lot of good stories with the Riddler in it. Anyways, what Bat villain do you want Snyder to write a story about next? Maybe Two-Face? Um, I feel like I answered this before. Um, who would you want to see Snyder take on? I love Hush. I would love to see Hush. Yeah, I don't know if they... What, but see, if, if Batman continuity exists, what what did happen to Hush? Because he was in Gates of Gotham, were, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's old fifty two. No, but but, but that that still pretty much exists. Because in um Batman and Robin fifteen, when Batman or Joker and, and Damien are talking, Joker references the, the he's like the last time we met. You know, you you hit me with a crowbar. So that was in reference to the previous Batman and Robin series that Grant oh, Morrison yeah. wrote. So, I mean, the majority, you know, I'd probably say at this point, like 95% of Batman continuity still exists. So Hush in some form exists, except Catwoman doesn't know that Batman's Bruce. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, that's the, it's just, it's hard to know what's, what is and what isn't now, but, yeah. uh, I'd love to see Hush, and I don't know. I I'm a big Bane fan, so yeah, but yeah, because I I kind of didn't read Bane when he was in um, the Dark Dark Knight, the David Finch. No, near um, I'd like to see what Snyder could do with um, Rachel Ghoul. Yes. I mean, so he's you know we got to wait for Grant to finish what he's doing, but um, there's another question. I never read any Jonah Hex. I'm interested, but the movie was so awful, kind of scared me away. Should I read all star westerns or not? Um, the original Jonah Hex series that was, I think, went like seventy something issues by um, Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. I mean, those are great. Yeah. A lot, a lot of those were single, self-contained. Um, there, there's a couple times they did some arcs, but those were all good. All Star Western is more DC Universe friendly because you know he's he hangs out in Gotham City a lot, and he's with um, what's his name, Ar- Arkham, you know, one of the relatives. So I think you should give it a try. Uh, especially you know if you like westerns and again all star western, there's more of a connection to DC versus the previous Jonah Hex. It was just pure western, so it's definitely good. They, there's actually a, a original graphic novel that Palmiotti and Gray put out maybe a year and a half ago. I think it was called like Never Look Back. Um, it was a single standalone, I think like hundred issue OGN. That like you should really pick that up because that was phenomenal. I loved that. Yeah. I'm a big Hank Tim fan. I know there are not a lot. I don't see him in any books in Marvel now. Do you know where he is? Um, that's that's a good question because he doesn't appear to be in any of the Avengers. And with um, Avengers Arena, it's like, wouldn't he notice like, hey, where'd all the kids go? You know, they're they're off getting killed. So, you know, I'm sure he'll pop up. And especially with the Wasp being on Uncanny Avengers, I wonder if he's going to try to, you know, say, hey, hey, how you doing? Um, <laughs> you're back. That's just, yeah. He just has no spine. He's just, hey, uh, sorry for uh, punching you back in the seventies. Uh, that, that was uh, an, it. Was an accident. Uh, I won't uh, be yellow jacket. Loki nine eight seven six says I have a YouTube channel where I review trade paperbacks. Just want to let you know. Should I send a link? I don't want to force you if you have the time. 
And can I mention Comic Vine My Reviews as a good place for information? So, yeah, definitely. Okay, see, other questions. That wasn't a question, was it? Oh, that, that was the, the same guy. Oh, oh okay, okay. I apologize. Yeah, for that. that wasn't, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. You can send a link. Um, I can try to check it out. Um, Boom Bits on Twitter, or Anonymous MC, um, says, do you think Marvel will use a character, Adam Brasher, Blue Marvel, in the near future? I don't even know what happened to that character. I remember when, when, it, it came, when Blue Marvel came out, it was like a miniseries, and there was kind of a connection to the century, and then I don't remember how it ended. I don't even think I read the end. So I'm going to say maybe not. Maybe it didn't do what they wanted. And I take it you didn't read it? No, no. I, I... Um, Aaron from QZ says, how much of the Lost Days do you think still exists now? Is there any possibility that Jason is the father of Damien? I, I, I've heard this a couple of times where people think that Jason is... Are you still there? Yes, yeah, so I, I just... I, I don't see Jason being the father. And I, I think... Bruce would, you know, right away he would have checked the DNA and I don't even think he would say, oh, Jason's really the father. I'm just going to keep that another secret. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that being a, a possibility personally. And, and then the other thing is like, who, oh, we don't even know about Damien because, you know, he's supposed to be 10 years old, but Batman hasn't been Batman for 10 years. So unless she accelerated his, his age to 10 for some reason, I don't know. I mean, who knows? A lot of confusion there. Um, yeah. Seacraft1994 says, um, you think Shave Veritas will become the new Oracle? You know who that is? No. Uh, that name sounds familiar, but no. She's um, she was that, that mysterious woman in um, Superman. Scott Lobdell's Superman. It was like that oh, okay, okay, crazy okay. lab in the center of the Earth, whatever. Yeah. Um, become a new Oracle? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I, we've only seen her once. We know that there's definitely more to her story that Lobdell hasn't told us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'd become new Oracle. Um, not definitely not Oracle like with, with Batman, but you know, maybe Oracle isn't like for the justice league. I mean, I don't know. Possibility. I don't know, but that's almost like cyborg's job since he's connected to everything. You know, yeah. you know, he doesn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> he stands around and tells people information. He just sits in a watchtower and watches TV and, Waits for him to come back. Hey, guys. I'm still here. Um, second question from Seacraft. Um, so for the, the March solicit, says, Harper Roll, will she be able to pull Batman back from the brink? Doesn't seem right. Why not Dick, Damien, or Jason? Um, the, the big question here is, what is this brink? What's this tragic event that's going to happen in February or March in the Batman comics? Um, you know, Is it going to involve Dick, Damien, or Jason? Is it... Um, you know, does Batman need someone less closely associated to him to to pull him from the brink? I we just can't answer this now. Um, I got a bad feeling about the end of this this storyline. I really do. I'm kind of worried. Okay, I don't know. Do you want to say or you want to? I I, it's, I have a feeling that someone that I really like is going to die, or just like everything's just going to go to complete crap essentially like uh, i'm just i'm a little freaked out about what's gonna happen um yeah so i guess we'll have to see um so an article i wrote last week was what if damien killed the joker 
and then you know Batman kind of covered you know or, or what what if it was like Damien and not Robin and then yeah. you know and then so you know his kids taken away and it's like what what can Batman do what can Bruce Wayne do and you maybe that's the brink but that's not going to happen but that would be interesting it's like would would Batman if he just if Damien just killed him in cold blood because you know he killed nobody that that guy but that yeah. was that was kind of self defense in a way so it's like if, if he just killed Joker. It's like, what would Batman do? Would he say, "All right," or do you say, "You can't do that"? Because I don't know. Um, Super HDJ says, "Is Superior Spider-Man going to be twice monthly?" Um, I'd have to look at the solicits. I, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling it probably will be for a little bit because it's not just Ryan Stegman. I think Humberto Ramos is still on the book. Was listed. There's, it's it's the same I think casting crew creative wise from Amazing Spider Man yeah like Ramos and there's somebody else um, yeah I don't just, think yeah yeah so um I have a feeling it it'll start off that way and then maybe slow down um eight Andrew Man eight have you ever played the X Men Legends video game series if not you should they're both fun and awesome have you played those that was the precursor to Ultimate Alliance wasn't it I believe so yeah. They're, yeah, those games were awesome. I like those a lot. But they're like RPG, right? It's kind of, it's like over, it is kind of RPG-ish. I mean, yeah, a little bit. So I was never into RPG, so I always stayed away from that, even though it was, it was Marvel characters. But it was, like, it was like real-time fighting. It wasn't like, press a button, take a turn, press a button, take a turn. Yeah. So maybe someday I'll check them out. Um, sure. no, another Seacraft, 1994. Do you think Team 7 killed all of the monks in the all castle from red hood and the outs outlaws number one um what well, see this was asked on december 8th so this was before team seven three i, I was i mixed up now with the zero issue but um yeah so i think we saw that that i don't think they i'm gonna say no i'm pretty sure it's no gray rick 949 um, question on Iron Fist. So I'm becoming a fan. Can he use his Iron Fist power in more than one hand at a time? Do you know about that? No. My Iron Fist uh, knowledge is just from the fraction run. I think he has to focus it in, into just one. You know, so I don't think he could focus in two fists and then start punching. So <clears throat> I could be wrong, but I, I, I think the answer to that is no. Um, General H87, why does it seem Marvel isn't into sidekicks? I, I read that question too, and I can, I actually agree. Anytime there's a, like Bucky is one of my favorite sidekicks. It's probably the quintessential Marvel sidekick. And, uh, when they brought him, I guess brought him back winter soldier, he just became captain America. Like, and with alpha recently with Spider-Man, he was a sidekick for like a week and they're like, Nope, no more for you. So, I don't know because DC does pretty well with sidekicks. Marvel just doesn't. I can't think of like a good Marvel sidekick other than Bucky. Yeah, Rick Jones. Rick Jones was never that great of a. He was a terrible sidekick. Oh yeah, but he was a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get the, the the best. Um, yeah, yeah. They don't really do the sidekicks. It's 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 mainly DC thing. So maybe they just don't feel like. Well, I mean, Wolverine has kind of had sidekicks. You know, he had Kitty Pride and he had Jubilee, Jubilee and yeah. X twenty. Well, not really X twenty three, but like Armor. So that's the closest. Dakin kind of. Eh. Yeah. So I don't know. 
maybe we'll. It's see just it. something they're not good at. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not good at. It's just something that's never, you know. Again, it's a DC thing. Marvel and DC. Yeah, and then Barnloaf. Do you think Electro is a good choice for Amazing Spider-Man Two? I, I, I think so. I mean, we haven't seen him. Um, I think he could work. I, I don't. I, when I say when I say I don't care. I mean that I'm just excited for a whatever. I loved that first film, so there's a lot of people that don't agree with me, but oh well. I, I think Electro could work better than like Sandman, you know, in terms of sort of believability. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. It it, it is kind of tough to because so many of Spider-Man's villains are really uh, really out there and bizarre, like a Hydra Man or Sandman, and they may not just work in the in this new. Uh, these new films but electro seems you can just put a little gadget on his wrist and he has electric powers they're done yeah. and then he'd be shocker actually so yeah does mar this also from barnloff does marvel's dependence on team books take away from the individual characters overusing maybe devaluing them so that was a question someone before asked you know with all the x-men books the x-men characters besides like wolverine no one has their own ongoing books yeah it's like as popular storm is especially on comic vine storm you, I, I can't really see it like a storm ongoing. You know, no. there, there's so many stories you could do, but it's like I don't know, if, I don't know why they don't do that, and why you know would people buy that or not? It it's a team company. Yeah, I mean that's what it's become. But it's like you take Spider Man, you know, who was like the, you know, the loner character. Then he was in a Fantastic or Future Foundation. He was in Avengers, so it's like he can go onto a team, but you can't have like Iceman, you know, solo Iceman book. I th- there so many of those characters just work better in a group, um, and I brought it up before. But I I think if they did like an ult this and this is maybe me being a fanboy, if they did an Ultimate Kitty Pride book right now, I think that would work. Yeah, with where she's at in the Ultimate Universe. Um, but yeah, maybe there's just not a lot of longevity for some of these characters because they've never been fully developed, so that maybe they couldn't hold their own book. Yeah, I think they're just de- defined by being on a team, which is. Just kind of weird. That's good too. I mean, that's good too. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of people that want to see those characters star in their own individual books. Yeah. So there you have it. That's the questions for this week. Um, if you have questions, go to the general forum um, and look. It's it's pinned. So look for the Ask G Man video questions. Even though this isn't a video, but I sometimes take. A question from there and do one of the Ask and You Shall Receive videos. Or you can go on Twitter. You can um, at reply me, G Man from Heck. You can use the hashtag Ask G Man because that way it's easier for me to gather them all up there. Um, if you want to talk to Matt on Twitter, it's that inferior ego. You can ask him. I will, and I always answer because I don't have any other life. Yeah, I, I I think I pretty much I try to always answer. Um, so thanks for listening. Hope you had a happy holiday, whatever you choose to um, support or celebrate. Um, we will have another episode next week with another special guest. So keep asking your questions, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye. So, so my, question my question is, is who could it be? We don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book does affect you most emotionally. Yep. Yeah. That's the question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis.